I had been living with Tourette's since I was yeah, a very little kid. And I had like no impulse control. I could not sit still. So the way that manifested in meditation was I could not sit and follow. But Claire, being the amazing helper that she is, uh, found a way for me to continue meditating. I wanted to meditate with my eyes closed, you know, and sit. But um, I just couldn't, you know, I'd be like moving back and forth, like bouncing in my chair. Like, so finally, she just said, you know, just stand up and walk back and forth. You know, you can do it with your eyes open and, you know, I'll guide you. And uh, that's what it was. And they'd only let me come for like 20 minutes. And again, I would come every day, consistency. And um, 20 minutes eventually became 30 minutes and eventually became 40 minutes, an hour. And and then it got to the point where I was able to sit and meditate for two-hour sessions. Hello and welcome to Trauma Chats. Here we talk about self-discovery and finding true happiness within. I'm Leanne, and today Matthew and I sat down with Brandon, a meditator from Plainview Meditation. In this episode, Brandon shares about how meditation gave him the tools to control his Tourette's and ADHD, and as a fitness expert, he shares some tips on how you can improve your health and fitness. We are very grateful to Brandon for sharing his story, and we hope that you enjoy this episode of Chom Chats. Hello, Brandon and Matthew. Hello. Hello. Brandon actually wrote the song that we use for our intro music and outro music. So you're about to be very famous, Brandon, wow. in our podcast. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So, and also thank you for letting us use that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It took us actually like a long time. We were brainstorming for so long about like what music to use and like, should we write something, even though I don't think either of us are composers, but we were just like trying to find the perfect thing. And then somebody brought up like the song you wrote and it just like fit perfectly. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. And I was so glad I didn't have to write anything because I can't, <laughs> not my forte. Neither one of you does music or anything like that. Oh, we very much do. Um, but composing is not really, I'm a musician, but I don't compose. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, gotcha. I like music. You play a little guitar, right? Yeah. I learned a little bit. But yeah. yeah. Matthew uh, plays the kalimba. Yes, I do have a kalimba. Awesome. Wow. I know, like one song. <laughs> kalimba is that? Uh, is that a percussion instrument? Uh, maybe technically, but yeah. it's like that little thing. Um, you like? I don't even know how to describe it now. Yeah, I've heard it described as like a thumb piano. It's, it's yeah. like a little like wooden box with a sound hole, and has like a metal like I think they're called tines, or there's like metal strips that you hit oh. and make the notes. Yeah. Oh, I just looked it up. <laughs> I, I see it okay yeah. okay yeah i've seen that before wow you can play that that's really cool yeah i don't, know yeah, why I don't actually know what that's classified not as. a banjo makes me think of a what's the thing the harmonica yeah because it's just like handheld instrument yeah. mm. anyway <laughs> but we're not here to talk about music today although we could maybe that could be like our next uh topic maybe sure <laughs> 
So we, Brandon, we wanted to talk to you specifically about like fitness, right? That's kind of your, your area of expertise. And of course, meditation and how that kind of comes together. Yeah, I, I could talk about, you know, health and fitness a little bit. I've got, I've had more than 10 years of experience in health and fitness. That was my career in my 20s. So yeah, I learned a lot. And it's a really great, uh, it's a really great thing to learn, you know, even if you don't do it professionally. When did you start getting into fitness and coaching and stuff? Was this pre-meditation or after? Um, Like, when did I start getting into it professionally? Or just sure. in general? Or, or both? Recreationally? Okay, well, well, I've always been around it. Like, um, even as a kid, you know, my, my parents did, they exercised. And I remember when I was in, I think, elementary school or middle school, my dad brought home one of these, uh, you know, like home gyms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's got like a chest exercise, back exercise, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember even throughout middle school, I would, you know, try and do some of the exercises, you know, and I, I loved like growing the weight on the on the machine, you know. Mm-hmm. And then even in high school, I did like martial arts and I was really into calisthenics. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, that's like body weight only exercises, like uh, push-ups, chin-ups, things like that. Because I had a like a jungle gym, you know, like a set of like monkey bars and uh, like a swing set. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I would use those things. It's like I would use the chin-up bar to do like chin-ups and then I would do you know, pull myself up like over the bar and I would use the swings to do like ab exercises. So it was just a lot of fun. And, um, when I was older, like 19 and then getting into like my twenties is when I got into the gym more. Actually, I've always been in gyms actually from when I was 16, I started working in gyms as a swim instructor. I would teach swimming lessons and lifeguard at the, my local JCC. And, um, so I was, always I was always it was always near to me mm-hmm. and so I would I would do swimming and then when I was 19 I worked at this really really nice gym and that's when I I also became friends with someone who was really into fitness at the time and so I think the two just collided and I really started to get into the gym more like uh, you know lifting weights and you know getting into more of that more formal strength training mm-hmm. and so and I think at that time, I was also looking to do something beyond just swimming lessons because I think I was getting tired of being in the pool all day. <laughs> so and I, I just really liked the appeal of, of personal training. And um, it just kind of rubbed off on me in the right way. So I found out that to get certified is, is really easy. It's just a three-month certification. And uh, you take a test and you get your certification. And so... I took a course at Hofstra University and I loved it. You know, I learned all about like surface level functionally, like biomechanics and biology and how the human body works. Mm -hmm. Um, And we even had hands-on exercises, like practicing the movements and understanding the, the, the underlying cause, like reason, like why we do this exercise and how it affects the body. And I just, I fell in love with it. Honestly, I loved seeing how that works and the theory was just so easily applicable to like practice mm-hmm. and um that i'm more of like a practical minded person but understanding it 
it was one of the first times I really liked to understand the theory behind it. And um, so I did that. And then pretty quickly after I got a job at uh, the JCC and started my started my career. And I was also really into working out. So it helped me in my own workouts too. And then, yeah, so that's kind of uh, how I got started. Um, what is JCC? I don't think I know what oh, that is. Jewish Community Center. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. So you became a trainer at the JCC. Yeah, I started out there. Um, I got my certification at Hofstra, and then I got my first job at a Jewish Community Center. Okay. And then, actually, I was only there for like a few weeks, and then I found a job at a New York sports clubs. Mm. It was closer to my house, and also the environment was, um, like, there was, like, some really amazing trainers there. So even though I really liked working at the, the JCC, I felt like if I want to grow in this, I have to make that transition. Mm. So... Um, so I went there and I learned so much. I mean, they were really world, world-class instructors, you know, um, who've trained with some like amazing, like even famous trainers, uh, um, like Charles Poliquin, like have trained some of these trainers and he, he's like a, like a legend in the personal training world. And so, yeah, I got to learn from some folks with like 10 years of experience and all different backgrounds. And so, um, yeah, it was just a really great experience. Cool. Yeah. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> I'm ADHD, right. so I'm going to jump from the topic to. I, we might start here, but we're going to end up here. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, you asked like how you got in, like were you always into it? So <laughs> I think you answered it <laughs> pretty well. Yeah. The full story. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. So did you get like a a degree in fitness, or you just did like a certification and then hop straight into working? <laughs> Yeah, I just did that. I was in college at the time. This is before meditation, but I I really didn't like it. So I decided to just um, work instead for a while. So yeah, I was working at the gym. And then that's kind of when it started to come together to do personal training. I was wondering, are you, always, are you kind of like a people person? Because I know like coaching and helping people, obviously that's kind of a whole different skill set. Yeah, you know, I do. I do like people. I like helping people, but I also like people in general. I just like uh, talking to people, getting to know people. Um, yeah, just chatting, ch you know, exchanging, you know, good energy with people. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I had a personal trainer for a little bit. Oh, and nice. like that was like 90% of the reason that I kept going to him. Honestly, it was like, well, one, because of the actual like <laughs> workout that I was doing and what he was showing me. But honestly, like he was just like a really interesting person to talk to at the same time um, that it kind of made it like more fun in a way to like have the interaction, um, learn something, but then also just like vibe well with somebody. So I feel like that's like a really important quality in a trainer too, is like not just, do this workout like you have to have a good personality too so, totally yeah i loved um i love that industry i mean i every time i worked with trainers they're always very positive people very like upbeat mm -hmm. love life you know very out, you know outgoing people and yeah. love learning you know just i feel like a very healthy group of people mm -hmm. and he was also very passionate sounds like you are too um yeah, about like yeah like 
he had like a, a lengthy explanation for like why we're doing this and like how it connects with like okay. the muscles in the body and like what's happening. And yeah, it was always very interesting to like kind of understand it too. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Having a real fitness nerd is, is very good. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. That's great. Yeah, for sure. I think it's helpful to like, if you can understand why you're doing something, it also makes you kind of, you know, a little more independent. Totally. words if you like aren't continuing with the training so yeah definitely someone yeah. who can teach you not just show you what to do is yeah really valuable totally i would i used to spend hours just watching youtube videos just i was like oh that's cool hearing different like philosophies and then you know obviously understanding the science behind it is cool too yeah, especially like nowadays there's so much like fluff <laughs> in the fitness like space especially online so it's like hard to like sometimes our people like cut through the noise and figure out like what works it's kind of unregulated you know it's not like a medical field or anything so there is a little bit of a wild west aspect to it but uh you know that's why for me learning the like the biology and the biomechanics behind it kind of helped me to just cut right through the the nonsense mm -hmm. and i can understand like oh yeah that's gonna be good that's not gonna be good okay so now I'm curious. I think to be in fitness, you have to be somewhat like pretty disciplined, right? As a person and like focused to some degree, I'd imagine. Um, I think it really depends. You mean like as a professional or just even being into health and fitness in general? Just being into it in general. Um, yes. And it really all depends on... I want to say yes and no, but like, it really depends on what your goals are. If you have very high, like high achieving goals, then yeah, you need to be really, really disciplined. Mm -hmm. But if your goal is just to, you know, be healthy, prevent like, you know, um, illness and stuff from getting older, then you don't need that much discipline. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, I guess, depends on what you, what you're going for. Okay. Yeah, I've kind of, it's been my experience too, even as I've gotten into like fitness and stuff is like, it's not like you need to be consistent, but it's thing. It's not as much as people think, like you like pretty much never have to be perfect about it. There's always wiggle room, you know? And yeah, definitely being consistent over a long period is like, it's what I've learned is kind of the most important aspect, you know? Totally. Definitely. I think consistency is a really good quality. So at what point in your journey <laughs> did, and, and why did you decide to like start meditating? Um, you know, I was actually, one of the reasons why I became a trainer was I was looking for to go like a little bit deeper within. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I was just looking for some answers. I had big questions, uh, like, who am I? Why am I here? Um, there has to be more to like life than just, you know, living and working and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I wanted to find out more. So, yeah, I tried all different sorts of things that drew my attention, like, um, you know, like yoga and like changing my diet, you know, um, do, doing more like, uh, you know, like uh, physical stuff, like uh, personal training and exercise. Um, I think it was just my attempts at the time to like go within and go deeper. But yeah, when I was 22 is when I found meditation. I had done a couple others. Like I 
you know, Eckhart Tolle, The Power of Now, and maybe Deepak Chopra's stuff. Um, and it was okay. Um, but then, I don't know, I guess right place, right time. When I found this meditation, it was like, like, yeah, I'm ready to go. This is it. So yeah, it just connected right away. Like, uh, yeah, I could like see it was definitely to go within and, you know, find the truth, find the answers, actually become the truth, you know, those kinds of things, um, really strongly resonated with me. So I think that really motivated me to sign up. And they kind of lined up with what you were what you were looking for. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What um kind of attracted you to it, like that you felt was different than what you were already doing, like this? Um, well, at the time, it's going to sound silly, but I was trying to find a way out from the dream. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know why, but I had read a book on enlightenment. Uh, it was called Spiritual Enlightenment: The Damnedest Thing by an author named Jed McKenna. And what he wrote about enlightenment totally flipped it on its head for me. You know, I had previously understood enlightenment through like Buddhism or other things where it's like this attainment of something, Mm -hmm. this sort of idealistic state. But he basically said, that's all nonsense. He said, you know, enlightenment is about getting rid of anything that's not truth until all that's left is truth. And at least that's how I understood his message. You know, it's a kind of like process of continuous like self-digestion and until all that's left is just the pure truth. And um, I forgot where I had heard, maybe it was in, from his book or from something else that I, I started to like realize that this, that I'm living like a dream in like a dream world, you know? And so I, I kept this thought in my head, like, oh, I want to wake up from this dream. So I kept looking for ways to do it. Um, there was even, he even had a method of like, you know, you write down, like in your, you write down like in a journal or something like until you can figure out what's true or not. Like, but that really didn't work for me. So, but, but I was just really, really searching for that specifically. So then when I found meditation, the person who was promoting the center at the time, she said, or maybe that's just what I heard. I don't know. Right. (laughs) Memory is not clear. But she basically said, she's like, yeah, you can wake up from the dream. And then I was like, I'm done. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool that that analogy was like already in your head even before. Because I don't think I had that concept at all about there being a dream world and waking up from it. It just felt like the harsh, it felt like the opposite. It felt like this was like the harsh reality that like I just didn't know how to cope with or something. Yeah, I know a lot of people like I think sometimes people can go either way. But um for me there was a point where I like could not like these thoughts of, you know, I couldn't ignore them. I could not suppress them at all. I mean, it was just totally like I had to find the answers. Like I had to find it it was more important to me than even having like a, a plan for the future, you know, even working or anything, you know, like this was, this was it for me. You know, I had to either find this or that's it <laughs> lights out. <laughs> so I was very desperate to, uh, to find it. So 
I, yeah, that's pretty much all I occupied my time with while I was at work or while I was mm-hmm. at home. I just, just kept twirling around in my head. You know, I, I really felt like I was nuts. You know, I really was nuts <laughs> with it, but it was something that really drove me at the time. It was very, very important to me. And, uh, ultimately is what led me to starting this meditation. So yeah, very, very grateful for that moment, even though I felt very, very lonely and very, I felt very crazy at times, you know, mm-hmm. I, cause you know, I would tell people, I'm like, don't you know, this is all fake. You know, none of this is, it's all nonsense. You know, think about it after you die. Like what happens? No matter. You know? <laughs> and they'd be like, Oh, you're depressed. You know, like, what are you saying? That's, you know, like they would, people wouldn't get it, but I, it, it like didn't matter. You know, I could not follow the crowd. I had to, I had to follow this, you know, something within me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's ultimately what led me to, uh, starting this thing and really sticking with it. Like I went every day. Wow. Yeah. So Claire, actually, um, you haven't heard this episode yet because technically it hasn't launched yet. Right. Uh, although when this is out, it'll have been done already. But Claire actually mentions you not by name uh, in, in our first episode <laughs> as a student that she had that uh, couldn't like focus or couldn't sit still for the whole session or something like that and that she I asked her like somebody that comes to mind as like had like a major improvement or something that stood out to her and she she did mention you so I was curious from from your perspective of that story I don't know if you know exactly like the moment she's talking about or I do she's been talking about that for 10 years (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was um I didn't even realize it at the time but it was a, a really big thing. When I first started, this was 2014. I was 22, just to give some context. And I, at the time, I had just so much anxiety, of course. I mean, with the kind of thoughts and emotions that I was describing before, of course, you know, mm-hmm. I had a tremendous amount of anxiety. And I also, yeah, I have had like ADHD and you know, I was diagnosed with depression and stuff. But uh, the main thing I think was that I also have Tourette syndrome. Mm -hmm. And for folks who may not know what Tourette syndrome is, it's a neurological uh, condition and it it causes your body to kind of involuntarily uh, make a tick. So either a physical tick or a vocal tick. And generally, you know, some people will have one or the other, maybe a nervous tick. But for Tourette's, you have both. So when I was six years old, I started to show signs of Tourette's and I went to a neurologist and I was diagnosed. So um, I had been living with Tourette's since I was yeah, a very little kid. And it I didn't realize how my mind and was affected in many ways. Like I completely lost the ability. Like I had like no impulse control. I could not sit still. Um, I had some really at times pretty severe behavioral problems, you know, issues. Hmm. So the way that manifested in meditation was I could not sit and follow, but Claire being the amazing helper that she is, uh, found a way for me to, you know, continue meditating even with that, 
And um, so I would throw away and, you know, I, I wanted to meditate, I wanted to meditate with my eyes closed, you know, and sit, but um, I just couldn't, you know, I'd be like moving back and forth, like bouncing in my chair. Like, so finally she just said, you know, just stand up and walk back and forth. You know, you can do it with your eyes open and, you know, I'll guide you. And uh, so that's what it was. And I mean, Serena was like the main, she's like the main helper of the Plainview Center. And then, but Claire also guided me a lot too. And so, yeah, they just had me meditate with my eyes open and just stand up and I can pace around the room back and forth. I'd walk down the halls and come back. And sure enough, I can only meditate. They'd only let me come for like 20 minutes. Like, right. <laughs> Which I mean, in meditation terms is a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about t- typical meditation you say oh yeah meditate for one minute meditate for just five minutes a day right and they think that's a huge achievement but the starting point for me was 20 minutes so that just shows how amazing this method is that even starting out you can easily do 20 minutes even some kid with Tourette's and ADHD and all kinds of issues can do it (laughs) so um yeah she just had you know she just had me meditate with my eyes open walk around starting 20 minutes And again, I would come every day, consistency. And um, 20 minutes eventually became 30 minutes and eventually became 40 minutes, an hour. And then finally I can sit with my eyes, sit and meditate, still my eyes open. And then finally I can sit and meditate with my eyes closed. And then it got to the point where I was able to sit and meditate for two hour sessions. I think one day, I still remember one day where I meditated for four hours. I think I just took a short break, but then I did four hours in one day. And it was just a tremendous achievement. And then I realized the the sort of, I guess you could say the episodes where I'd have symptoms would get less and less frequent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I learned how to meditate that way. So thanks to Claire and of course, Serena and the other helpers there at the time who were so patient. Yeah, I think that's really cool too that they found a way to help you in your situation. Um, Because most people, I think, wouldn't think, like, when you think meditating, you think sitting down with your eyes closed and, like, Like, you don't think of somebody being able to pace around and still meditating at the same time. Exactly. So, but like you said, this method is very direct and, and it works. You don't have to necessarily be sitting still with your eyes closed to still be able to do it. Yeah, Exactly. It just works, even if the meditator is not good at meditating. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've all experienced that at some point. (laughs) For sure. We're not doing a good job, but Mm -hmm. stuff still keeps on changing. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I like, I love your story. It's kind of amazing just to hear like such a big change. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, I mean, Glenn says, like, Claire told me that story too when I first started, like, oh, there's this guy (laughs) that can sit still and has a lot of anxiety, but you know he overcame it and improved a lot. So yeah, I think uh, you've yeah. inadvertently helped and inspired a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Over the wow. Year. Very grateful for that. Mm-hmm. Very grateful that my insanity could be useful for someone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're overcoming of insanity. Very good useful. point. Very yes. good point. <laughs> so did that help like other aspects of your, like was ADHD and, and Tourette's like interfering with, other aspects of your life that meditation helped with? Yeah, it completely. I didn't mention this, but in the early part of my twenties, I, 
uh, and in my teens, like late teens, I basically didn't, I stopped going to school and I said, I didn't like it, but it's, I actually, it's cause I could not do it. Wow. I, I could not actually finish my classes. I just couldn't handle, I guess the pressure. And also my mindset was very negative. I, I just felt very, very burdened by any sort of like institutions or any kind of, at the time I was a very like nonconformist mm-hmm. and um, I, I really felt burdened by any sort of conformity. I don't know, maybe that sounds cheesy nowadays, but um, it was very, very hard for me just to sit in a classroom. And I guess really now that I'm under, now that I understand myself better also, I realized my learning style is so counter to a classroom setting learning through lecture and reading and textbooks is for me the complete opposite of what's comfortable and easy for me. I learned the best through experience, doing it, getting my hands on, and then having ex- like making mistakes and having things explained to me. And then I think that's why I love learning about fitness. And it was easy to learn because I had already built up some experience doing it. So when I started to learn the theory, it was, it made sense to me. But, um, so yeah, it was also, you know, so I couldn't really, like, I couldn't overcome that hill. You know, I didn't have the, maybe the strength at the time or even the space in my mind to, uh, to sit in a classroom and learn. And I really didn't believe in it either at the time. So I just, yeah, I just, just do what I want to do, which is just work and search for truth. Hmm. So did you get like a GED or, or like? Well, I graduated high school. Oh, you did? Okay. I thought you said you like quit high school. Oh, Like I thought you dropped out. I thought that's well, what you were saying. Uh, college, college. Oh, okay. College. I yeah. see. I went through high school. I was a very good student. I was mm-hmm. naturally like very talented and I can um, get good grades very effortlessly mm-hmm. uh, at the high school level, but at the college level, you know, you really have to put in that time and the effort and you're also responsible for your own schedule and your own time. So that is an extra added burden that I wasn't ready for. Mm. And um, yeah, so meditation totally turned that around for me. So after three years of meditating, I went back to community college and graduated. And then I transferred to a four-year school and then I graduated in the spring of 2020 with a four-year degree in accounting. No less. So congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I really like it. And, uh, turns out I'm pretty well suited to it. Um, like I like, you know, I'm pretty good at math and numbers and logic. And, you know, once I overcame all of that, you know, the pictures and, uh, the, uh, the habits around, you know, school and work and all these things, uh, I was really, I was able to discover like, talents that I didn't even know I had mm-hmm. and, um, and interests and things that actually are really cool things I didn't even expect. So uh, I really had a good time with it and I'm really enjoying doing accounting now. 10 years ago, you asked me about that. I was like, no, dude, <laughs> <laughs> really, I got this tattoo specifically because I, at the time I was 19 or 20. I was like, I was like, I wanted to make certain that I could never get a job in corporate. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. I was like, what would make sure that I never get a job in an office? You know, I was like, so I got this tattoo 
And turns out, you know, the culture changed. Oh, yeah, it it did. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> damn it. That's <laughs> now it's like, oh, you only have one? <laughs> so, yeah. So that's kind of what happened. It was a big turnaround for me with that. And obviously with my career, you know, I was able to now I make like a lot more money than I used to, which is good. Mm-hmm. And I'm more satisfied. I have goals now. My relationships are much, much better with my family and my friends and everything like that. So yeah, everything has just got turned around completely different. It's a different life. Yeah. Totally different life. It's amazing. Yeah. It's inspiring hearing that too. Cause I feel like also went through something similar, you know, it's sort of like in college and kind of same to you as like, never not thinking about the dream, but I'm just kind of looking around at people. I'm like, something's not right. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. yeah. That's kind of what led me down this path and then I'm kind of in the middle of exploring my interest and what I want. So it's definitely inspiring also to hear from somebody else that you kind of found your way eventually. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. It's a great time to be in like discovery and yeah, it's been quite a journey and it's, I feel like it still is just beginning. Yeah. I really feel like the best is yet to come. Mm -hmm. I feel that way too. And yet I feel like today's the best day ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really amazing how that, like you can have that perspective after really going inward and doing the work. Like, yeah, it's like you just kind of live more in the moment, just kind of grateful for every day, but you can also sort of plan and take action for the future where it's before we're always kind of stuck in our own thoughts and minds and, you know, you don't realize how much that's actually limiting us. Completely. Yeah, it's like uh, you're stuck in a box. You're just limited to these four walls, but then, you know, once you're able to come out of that box little by little, you realize there's so much more and yeah, it's really amazing, amazing journey. Mm -hmm. And something you said, um, about like hidden talents or like something that you didn't even know you would have been good at or something like that. I think Matthew, not a couple of days ago, I think you said something like that. We always, we find our like hidden talents like through meditation basically or like when you know when you have more truth in you that's the kind of stuff comes out and um yeah i'm seeing more of that too i'm not that talented but (laughs) but i'm definitely seeing like skills that i have that i didn't think before that i was that i could do so yeah yeah i'm not that talented either (laughs) Yeah, like, I think we all kind of think the same way. It's like, I'm really not that good at this stuff. But when, other, when other people see us, we're like, wow, you guys are like really good at this. <laughs> You're amazing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's sort of good to have a dose of humility, but also there's a fine line between humility and being hard on yourself. <laughs> but I think sometimes we walk that line, but yeah. Yeah. I think there's also like a level of acceptance too for what you're you know you're just not that good at too without being hard on yourself like when you can recognize it in other people for example like this person really excels in this area and like me not so much but i'm also really good at this and like them not so much yeah because i know i have like perfectionist mind and like i need to be good at everything but it's kind of relieving also to just kind of realize like okay i cannot be good at that thing <laughs> and like just accept that and also recognize that i'm good at this other thing so yeah. that's great 
And what, it's interesting you mentioned that. I realized, you know, I had a very competitive mind. I, I, uh, I had to win. Mm-hmm. And um, I, since I've gotten over that, now looking back, I realized that I would avoid uh, like competitions or any kind of that kind of thing because I was so needing to like win or or avoid losing that I would mm-hmm. avoid those kinds of things. But now I can actually enjoy the pursuit of winning without any expectations or pressure or, you know, any worries, it's just like really enjoying that, enjoying the competition. You know, that's just one thing, but also like in the pursuit of perfection, you know, mm-hmm. like being able to just enjoy that process, you know, cause it's good to, you know, shoot, you know, the highest and, but without that pressure, without that expectation, just truly like enjoying it. You don't get there, you know, mm-hmm. that's good too. Yeah, I think that I think that's a lesson I'm in the process of learning. <laughs> so I'm like exploring new entrances. Like I kind of see where I'm at, and like in my mind, I have this picture of where I want to be, <laughs> and that like, of course, generates a little negativity and tension. So I was like, sort of mm. learning to let that go. And I think the irony of that is that oftentimes that actually keeps you from getting to where you want to be. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, funny enough, and it's like when you, so I'm kind of working to let that go, and then you know, just kind of doing what you have to do day in day out to like develop the skill that's awesome yeah it's a kind of i find that things come around in circles you know and then like when i realize something about that and then maybe weeks or months later i'll revisit that same thing with a new perspective and then i'll learn something new from that Mm. like i was doing that for a while just kind of doing what i need to do and then now i'm like oh you know i want to go here and here and here and here and like where i want to be Right now I'm like really striving for it, like and making it like a goal that I'm making happen. And it's more like, yeah, I'm, I'm on the way, you know, and it's like, uh, enjoying the, the steps to get there. And, and then also at the same time, enjoying just doing what I need to do every day without worrying about that, you know, it's, it's really, uh, it's amazing. It's like kind of both. That's where I'm at now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like kind of got the best of both worlds without any of the, I guess, what do you call it? It's the negativity or the drawbacks of getting sucked into either one. Yeah. Well, you know, if you want to go, if you want to get like deep or whatever, philosophical, I mean, this world is, there's like a duality in this world, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a yin and a yang. And so it's like uh, with everything, you know, mm-hmm. it's like the pursuit of the goal and also just enjoying the moment and then, you know, striving for, more and then also just being here as you are and like um, that yin and yang you know but when we meditate when we throw away that mind it's like then we can have both mm-hmm. in our minds at the same time as you started meditating like did you find that like your your own like health or habits starting to improve oh yeah completely um i found a lot of like i guess like I had back pain in my lower back and joint pain. And whenever the seasons would change here in New York, I would get sick for a couple of days or, you know, I remember even when I was in like school, I, I, there was one year where I was sick like every other week and just like with colds, you know, runny nose and stuff. Also feeling like very tired all the time, low energy, um, brain fog. And 
with just simply meditating, a lot of those things cleared up. Like the back pain cleared up. I realized a lot of that was mental and emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the joint pains cleared up as well. And overall, I've just become, interestingly, more active. So just moving around more naturally. So, you know, the movement is the key to health. I mean, uh, you know, aside from what you eat and other things, but like movement, as far as like the body goes, like that's like the, the thing, right? You have to do. Mm-hmm. So um, naturally, as I've been meditating more, I realized a lot of laziness came out. And so I naturally just am moving more. And so I think I'm just more healthy like that overall without really even changing my lifestyle all that much, you know, like, oh, I'm going to take this, you know, like, you know, I have to take, I'm going to take the stairs instead of the elevator. Like, I don't have to do that. I just, I'm just more active overall, you know, mm-hmm. so um, that's been really helpful. And then, yeah, just being able to like set goals, fitness goals and achieve them and be consistent and hold myself uh, accountable. And yeah, it's been really good changing my habits like that. You know, I've been able to also like control my eating. You know, I love food. I love the, you know, the joy of eating, right? Um, I'm, a, I'm a foodie at heart, right? Uh, Me too. And, um, but when I was growing up, I was very skinny. I was very, very skinny kid. And so growing up, I could eat whatever I wanted with no consequences. And at that time, there still wasn't much going on around like how diet affects your health. It was just like, don't eat too much fried foods or whatever, you know, or too much cakes and cookies. But so I would just eat whatever I wanted as much as I wanted. And I would never gain a pound. Mm -hmm. Uh, Flash forward to now I'm 30 and, you know, the same habit has consequences now. So especially during the pandemic, you know, <laughs> I like to joke around and say that I, I gained, I, I got the 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a real wake up call. And so this year I, uh, I really made it a point to work on that again. And uh, it was not easy, but I'm doing it. I'm getting there. I really have trained, changed a lot. So I think it's definitely because of meditation. You know, I, I used to have a habit of not sticking with things. And once things get hard, I, I jump ship. But now I am I can easily push past that and just stay consistent. And so mm-hmm. even in just a few months, I've been able to really change my, my physique a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so now I'm like, I'm not like disgusted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well... Now I'm like, hey, you know, nice, dude. So, <laughs> cut that out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah, you know, so I'm definitely seeing those, you know, being able to, like, actually change it now. And now I'm like, all right, let's keep going, you know. Yeah, I can definitely relate to a lot of that. Um, so, as you said, like, the really, like, changing the eating habits. Like, for me, like, binge eating and emotional eating was a big thing. Um, and I found that. You know, I constantly tried to change it or to try to like, you know, force myself like not to eat, but it's like I can never really help it. Yeah. So eventually I kind of realized like, okay, it's like I have to deal with my mind and my emotions <laughs> and whatever's going on in there. Yeah. And I think it was probably like this year really is like when maybe back in like, I think I remember it was like February or March is where I found like I really started to like naturally stop doing it because um, <clears throat> of like binge eating. Um, yeah. Like, if anybody's ever experienced is like you know, oftentimes like you start eating and in your head you're like, 
I'm not that hungry. I don't want to eat. I should stop, but I can't, (laughs) you know? Exactly. So that was like always my experience. And yeah, Mm. meditation really helped me to like, I guess I addressed what was going on inside me with whatever anxiety or depression or whatever vacuum the food was trying to fill. (laughs) 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 When that uh, (laughs) went away. When when the orc turns on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And on the Dyson vacuum in the out of town. Yeah. Yeah. I like to, I, I love to snack at night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love snacking. <laughs> yeah. We're all in the same boat there. It like. <laughs> it's like one of the great pastimes of this world. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what anyone says. So I still do, but now I can control my portions a little bit better. So that, that's the key portion control. That's a big one. That way you can kind of still eat whatever you want, but not, you know, I think, uh, this is wrote about that you know he said like obviously when you throw you gotta throw away the mind but also you know eat but up to the point before you get full Mm. and that every time i do that i feel fantastic whatever i eat really i don't feel bloated i feel good yeah i mean obviously if i'm eating like super greasy food i'll feel the grease you know (laughs) yeah like just buckets of fried you know (laughs) but um (laughs) Yeah, you know, if I'm eating something that I like, you know, he says, don't eat too much of what you like. So, um, yeah, so like, if I eat what I like, I won't eat. I'll try not to eat too much of it. And then I'm very satisfied that way. But there's that initial change of like, oh, no, there's like, I want to feel that full feeling, you know. Yeah. But um, over time, it's like way more comfortable to just eat properly portioned. But I think mentally, one has to be ready for that change. Mm-hmm. So it took me a while to I had to meditate on that a lot to get ready for that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I think we know logically is like the better decision to make. But like just knowing that and actually being like able and willing to do it are two different things. And I think, yeah. um, I don't know, I think we feel like we have to force ourselves to make those decisions, Mm. um, which maybe you do a little bit, but like Matthew was saying, some things just kind of happen naturally too when when you don't have that mind anymore. So it's it's not always going to be like a huge sacrifice, I guess. Like it kind of just comes naturally as you're like more healthier in the mind, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And what's interesting is I find whenever I'm willing to make that sacrifice, I find that's like much, much more opportunities of better things opens up for me. It's like the uh, the coconut analogy. Do you know that one? The story of the monkey and the coconut? I don't think I do. Oh, it's a great one. So there's, I don't know if this is true or not, but there's a certain monkey, I think, that lives you know in these forests with coconuts. And hunters, in order to trap them, will set a box down with a little hole inside, big enough for the monkey to stick its hand through, and it'll put a coconut inside the box. And so the monkey will, you know, see the coconut, reach inside, grab the coconut, and then it will try and pull its hand out, but it's stuck because it's not, it's big enough for the hand, but not big enough for the coconut. So it'll get stuck and it will not let go of the coconut. And so it'll stay there and then the hunter will just catch it and whatever. So, um it's an amazing analogy because if the monkey just let go of this of the damn coconut (laughs) 
there's a whole forest of coconuts right behind it, you know? So I found that analogy to work really well in my own life. I, that, I was holding on to something so strongly that it was, first of all, like killing me. You know, if I just let go of that thing, there's so much more mm-hmm. that I will be able to, that will open up before me. Mm-hmm. And um, so if I just let go of that old, you know, that old past of thinking, then I can have all the coconuts. Yeah. <laughs> you can binge eat all the coconuts after that. Yes, I can binge eat the coconuts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm learning a little bit about <laughs> about health in general. But do you have any other like what did we learn today, first of all? Let me just review mentally. Eat until <laughs> until right before you're full. Right? Yeah. That's what Sisini mm-hmm. said. I also learned it's good to move, mm. right? Mm. Um, do you have any other tips for us? Um, I'd say the best thing that I've found that I really have been loving lately is strength training. Um, I I think it's so great, you know, and strength training is really just about moving objects, you know, from one place to another. <laughs> Really, that's really what it was. That's the the overly simplistic, um, you know. And so I say that because there's many different schools of thought. You know, there's many different schools of strength training. You know, there's of course the 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 gym the gym uh, goer like you know bodybuilding where you you know you train like each part of your body individually and mm-hmm. focus on you know uh, building up muscle and definition. There's you know powerlifting and Olympic lifting where you focus on like specific types of, you know, ex- specific, getting good at specific exercises. There's calisthenics, which I told you, you know, is about body weight. I mean, there's so many different schools, but I find for me, I love just the, I love the bodybuilding one. That's the one I've always kind of come back to where, because, you know, you just take like one body part, like chest or arms or legs, and you just do a bunch of exercises um, to try and strengthen those muscles. And um, I just feel so good after doing it. You know, you, you, you feel like when you do it for a while, you know, you feel something called a pump where, you know, it just feels like so like satisfying in your muscles, you know. Um, Are you talking about like immediately after the workout or long term? Well, immediately after your workout, you know, if you focus on a muscle group, it'll mm-hmm. like because it's so you're focusing so much like blood rushes into that area and it, it feels almost like tight. But I was going to say, I love that feeling after the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I was about to bring that up, but you, you did already. But yeah, I was like, I don't know what yeah. wants to call it, but I always yeah. feel so satisfied when I feel that like inflation. <laughs> it feels like <laughs> someone blew up a balloon in my arm or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pump. As <laughs> the pump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. And, and you really, you, you see like the the results of your efforts like pretty quickly. I mean, I've been, I got back into strength training very consistently, maybe like a, like a month, like two months ago. And within that time, I, I is when I got my most change like physically in my physique and yeah, I don't know. I just don't get bored of it. I don't get sick of it. There's so many different exercises you could do. You can change up your schedule, however you like, you know, three, you know, two days, you can do two days a week, three days a week, five days a week, whatever you like. Right now, I just do three days a week, and it's really working well for me. But it's just so good. It's good for your 
bones, you know, keeps the bones strong. It's good for your mind. You know, if you really work out with intensity with like really heavy weights that you really reach like exhaustion within like 10 reps, it, it's so intense. Like it actually acts as like a, you know, cardio even like you get your heart rate going. Like I'm sweating at the end of my workouts and um, yeah, it's always good, you know, and then you can see the incremental progress. It's really easy to track. So I just love strength training. It's a love hate relationship for me. Yeah. I love it. And I also lately have been like facing a lot of resistance with like not really wanting to go. But I do, like I said, I love the feeling of afterwards when I'm done. But like sometimes getting myself there um, a lot of times has been a struggle lately. It wasn't really in the past, but for some reason now I'm just like, I don't want to do it. Oh, do you know why? Is it just like, is it just planning the exercises? Is it like, uh, you know, just the idea of having to exert that much effort or just busy wise, schedule wise? I think it's like a little bit of everything. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, it's, it's okay to go through that. You know, yeah. like, uh, I think I'm not that creative with like switching it up too, but I think it's I think it's the energy part. It's just like the the having to exert like like I have to make I have to get up and do something like you know. Yeah. It's just uh, it feels like something I want to achieve but also i have to like just force myself to get up and do it i don't know how to explain it really no, no i understand mm-hmm. it's very common do you go in the morning i go usually after work so i go like three o'clock oh okay yeah. so you go straight from work to the gym pretty much yeah that's good that way you can't you got no excuses no, it's <laughs> easier you know you're already out it's like all right i'll just go Oh, no, I, I do have to go home and change. But anyway, we don't have to <laughs> We don't have to do this now. <laughs> Sorry. That's no, my, it's okay. No, that's my... The coach mind is kicking in. I would love to talk about it more. Um, I don't know if uh, our listeners care so much about my workout routine. Good point. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Unless they can learn through my... Maybe somebody else is like, I'm totally with you. What should I do? Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, that's like probably the most common yeah. reason why people don't go to the gym or stop going mm-hmm. is because eventually they feel like a burden to go. Yeah, yeah, I feel like I started like getting more into health and fitness like six years ago, and I've had times of like just taking a break and not doing anything or yeah. same thing. It's like even now sometimes it's like I have to get myself to just get started. Um, I went through that big time like during the pandemic, especially, you know, when things were closed, like I really went through that. And then this year, I really had like a reawakening to it. So, you know, it, it kind of comes and goes. So, you know, when, when you're not feeling it, like you don't have to fight it, you know, don't feel bad about it. Just go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely our priorities change as, you know, the seasons in life <laughs> change too. So sometimes yeah. you're just learning to adjust, you know, do less if that's what you can do, do more when you can. And, you know, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing uh, thing. Exactly. You know, it's really a, a, a lifelong thing. You don't have to just do the same thing. You know, maybe one maybe one year you're just doing like gym stuff. And then maybe another year you're like really into walking and hiking. And then I'm just going based on the year. But, you know, you just uh, you really listen to your body, what it wants, you know, what it needs. And then you go with it. And it's usually right the right choice. Hmm. Thank you, Brandon. That was very helpful for me, actually. I think I needed to hear that. <laughs> My pleasure. 
My pleasure. And as you meditate, you become more sensitive to what, what your body is trying to tell you and you can listen better. Mm. So. Cool. Do you have any other advice for us? Oh, man. Or things to say in general? <laughs> um, I think that's it on the health advice. You know, just, yeah, just uh, if you're not, if you don't have a habit of it, just make your if, if you don't if you're just getting into the gym for the first time or any kind of exercise you know the first priority should be to build a habit of it but also at the same time is to build like as, at least as far as the activity goes but as far as like a mindset goes building a mind of like really enjoying mm-hmm. and really like joyful and happy so i think with those two things you'll you'll be all right um yeah you can use youtube chat gpt ai will help you come up with stuff learning is, is so available now wow i just realized i could get a workout routine from chat gpt yeah that's a great idea yeah yeah totally you can <laughs> say like um you know I, I, there's even some other ais like you know they're all they're all like chat gpt but you just type in like i don't know i'm not feeling it you know <laughs> what do i do <laughs> how can i switch it up yeah, yeah. yeah. And it'll tell you what it'll tell you what to do it's the ai era they would go to the gym for you if they could oh yeah yeah move my arms for me please (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah that's gonna be amazing someday you know you know integrating with ai and everything oh man i can't wait (laughs) do you have any other questions matthew uh no questions Uh, or any comments i made to think of one sort of tip which i don't know might be might be a little out of sequence since the conversation passed, but we'll put it in there anyways. Um, like as far as like getting started uh, with like even just like getting to the gym, I think probably one of like good piece of advice I heard is like somebody's to, like somebody said like just get in there and just do your warm up. Like don't even worry about the rest of the workout. Just get to the gym and just do your warm up. And if probably nine times out of ten after you do your warm up, it's like well I'm there already. I'll just get started and do the workout. But like, if you do your warm up and you really don't want to do it, then you're yeah. just gone. <laughs> you know, so like, mm. just like make it a point yeah. to get there and start with something small. And, and then at least you did something too. Yeah, yeah. or even just sit in the parking lot. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know you gotta hey. <laughs> that could be good too. Just making a habit of going there. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Also, for me, convenience is a huge thing. Mm. So I go to uh, Planet Fitness. Because it is, well, first of all, it's a great gym. I don't care what they say. um, (laughs) (laughs) It's really great. And also, it's like five minutes, ten minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. Even with the worst traffic, it's five, ten minutes. And it's like, oh, I could just hop over there five, ten minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. five, ten minutes away. It's so convenient. So that's a big one for me. And it, it, like, just opened up, too, nearby. It's, like, just opened up this year. Which is perfect because the last one was like 10, 15 minutes away. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I myself to go. I felt that kicking in. But then now it's like, oh, yeah, it's only like less than 10 minutes away. I can go. No problem. It's quick. So yeah. convenience, convenience is really helpful. Yeah, mine is five minutes, probably less than five minutes away from me. I think I even walked there once just to get, that was my cardio warm up. I walked there. It's like <laughs> a walk. Yeah. Yeah. Just start by like looking at the gym outside. <laughs> <laughs> looking up pictures of gym equipment on Google. Yeah. <laughs> He's got to start somewhere. He sensitized to it. Um, so 
obviously thanks for coming, <laughs> Brandon. Um, My pleasure. Yeah, thank you, Brandon. I, I do yeah. know that you also do teach the live home workout class for online meditation events. Yes, that's right. 12 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Uh, myself and my amazing, uh, you know, co-trainer, Chris, we, uh, we host that class every Sunday. It's a lot of fun. It's really great for, you know, anywhere, like at wherever fitness level you're at, it's a great class to join. Uh, you know, if you're looking for whatever you're looking for, if you're looking to get into strength training more, it's a great class. If you're looking to do, you know, like more recovery work and it's really great for whatever you're looking for. So I think it will be great for you. So yeah, check it out. Online meditation events.com. 12 PM Eastern. 12 PM Eastern time Sunday. Yes. Sunday, 12 PM Eastern time. Awesome. Eastern Sunday, 12 PM time. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again so much, Brandon, for your time and for your advice and your story. I think you're going to inspire, even though you already do, you're going to inspire a lot more people hopefully through this podcast. Oh, thanks. I... When we blow up and become famous. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Well, you've got, your, you've got at least one viewer here. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and yeah, we're definitely going to share the content on our, on our channels too, you know. And Do you so... want to promote your center? What, what's your center again? Oh, yeah. Plainview Meditation Center, Long Island, Nassau County, New York. Plainview Meditation Center. <laughs> Come on by. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you can check out our website too, playviewmeditation.org. Awesome. All right. Okay. It was a pleasure to meet you officially. Yeah, you too. Next this time was... in person, hopefully. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it was really great being on here. I had a great conversation. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Trom Chats. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a review and follow us on social media. All of the links are in the description. And if you're interested in trying this meditation method yourself, you can visit onlinemeditationevents.com for online classes or to be connected to a center near you. See you next time.